Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. Here are your hosts, pediatrician Dr. Scott Cohen and comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. You're so well-spoken. You're so motivational, right? Like everything Thank he says you. is just, and, and you're such a good representative for just adults and youth in general. I just, everything you say, I was like, gosh, you know, I, I just hope my girls end up being as, as well-rounded and, and great as you are. Um, Appreciate it. But, and I know you, you've now done, you, you're like a motivational speaker, right? You give talks around the world. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it's been quite a, quite a cool journey because I was sharing my story out of, out of necessity when I was younger, because everyone I met would say, Oh, how'd you lose your leg? How'd this happen? How'd this happen? So I got really comfortable sharing my story, being open about this type of stuff. And then that naturally translated into being able to give speeches, share my story in a little more professional of a setting rather than on the street outside the Starbucks. And yeah, I love, I have a real passion for public speaking, for motivational speaking. And I think it's cool to be able to share experiences that not a lot of people get to hear on a daily basis. And so I think I try to do the same with, with social media or anything in the entertainment industry, which is how can I normalize disability? That's the overarching goal. Track is great. Winning medals is awesome. And this is, these are all a part of my, my bigger vision and goals, but that's just a vehicle to normalize disability. Be, be an example of what is possible as an amputee. And so whether it's public speaking, whether it's content creation on social media, whether it's acting or whatever else is going on in the entertainment industry, it's how can I normalize disability? How can I be an example for the next generation, for all people with disabilities? Because for myself growing up, I didn't have someone in the mainstream media that I could look to with the physical disability and aspire to do something like that. So I want to be that person for the next generation. And listen, we talk about the diversity, equity, and inclusion movement. Disability is that last frontier. Disability always seems to lag behind in any form of social justice movements. And so for me, I want to push the needle forward. And a big part of that is the public speaking and, and sharing my story. I think it's great because it's also empowering to listen to, like even like you said, when you use words, right, when you talk, Everybody sort of gets a little clamped up. Am I yeah. using the right words? Am I exactly. saying the right thing? Am I going to offend him? And and I see well, like when you ask the questions, I love it because you're asking questions that everybody's thinking. I've I've been around Ezra, so I know some of these things. But like you're asking the question, like tell me about the leg. Tell me about the prosthetic. Is it as good as the, is it, right? Those are the is it as good as the other yeah. leg? Which yes, that's what everybody's thinking. So uh, this is what I want to get at. And by the way, I feel like this model deserved to be put back in its case. case. <laughs> Not on your table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we just put it down like it was a, a glass of water. Put that back where it was. <laughs> I often run across people, whether it's maybe a meet and greet backstage, maybe they're in a wheelchair, what, what, whatever the case may be. And I don't know why they're in a wheelchair. But I often, and I don't really have a lot of people that have disabilities that I could ask this question to. And I think a lot of people are curious maybe out, out there in our audience. When you run across somebody like yourself, mm -hmm. and I, if I just first meet you and I go, wow, bro, what, what happened to your hand? Mm -hmm. do, you, do, you, do you go, oh, fuck. I got why did you pick that thing? Yeah, or, or do I, why can't you just talk to me like that, that ain't there? Yeah. Or I'm not in a wheelchair because often I try and act like the person's not in a wheelchair, right? Sure. So I'm, I don't even know how to stand. Sometimes I'm standing up, but then I, I get on a knee. So we're eye to sure, eye. Sure. Is it okay to ask someone 
hey, what happened? Or is this something in the, in in your world where you're like, I don't know if I can get into this and what happened or, or whatnot. Sometimes I want to act. I want to act like everything is normal. Yeah. Or okay. Not that it's not okay. Sure. No, but I get it. Yeah. But like, let's let's address it. what's in the room. No. Yeah. hundred. I mean, I would love to ask somebody. Jesus, that, that, that thing's unbelievable. What it, what does it do? You know, yeah. like I would like to ask that. Yes. But I don't know if the person wants to get into it, or is it a case by case basis? Listen, it's in my opinion the overwhelming majority of people with disabilities appreciate when someone asks questions with good intentions. So if so, you see someone with a disability in public and they're being stared at and pointed at and whispered about, that is way more hurtful than someone coming up and saying, oh my gosh, that's such a cool prosthetic. Do you mind me asking, how'd you lose your leg? Approaching this with good intentions mm -hmm. and asking questions and being curious is so much better than pointing or whispering or hiding and not knowing what to say. And then people catch you looking at them and stuff. So, that's so much worse. Yeah, yeah. Most people with disabilities, and I can't obviously speak, obviously speak for every single person with a physical disability, mm -hmm. but most of the community appreciates someone coming right. up, asking the questions, at least with good heart, good intentions. And so that's the way we move the needle forward is by these conversations. And listen, of course, there are times where it makes sense. You don't have to necessarily address it if I I'm talking to the guy at Starbucks and he gives me my order. I'm not necessarily, he's not going to necessarily be like, oh my God, what happened to your leg? That's maybe a little bizarre. Mm. But most of the time, asking the questions, being respectful is totally appreciated. And uh, and yeah, I, I, I have talked to tons of people with physical disabilities and that's the overwhelming majority what they believe. And I think it's it's the more respectful option is, and it's helpful for the person who doesn't understand and is curious and wants to learn. So I would say ask away. Of course, there are people who ask rude things and people will say, oh, oh, cripple, blah, blah, blah. How can you blah, blah, tell? And they can say things that are maybe more negative. But if you're coming at it with good intentions. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it would be with good intentions. I just, sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, can I ask this? Can I ask that? And some people, some people don't want to share. And, they, and then you go, they go, ah, I'd, I'd rather not share. Okay, right. great. Yeah. At That's least you asked. At yeah, least yeah. you asked. I mean, you've been such an amazing advocate and same with your family. Your family started Angel City Games, right? Can you tell a little bit about Angel City Games? Yeah. So we essentially had to travel the country to find any adaptive sports opportunities when I was younger. And my dad and family and I came to the realization, we we're thinking, why are we traveling to Tornado Alley in Tornado Season to run, jump and throw stuff? Why are there not adaptive sports opportunities in L.A.? And that's when that's when the the switch got flipped. And so for us, we started this nonprofit roughly ten years ago that provides year-round sports equipment, training, competition for people with physical disabilities. And we started in Southern California. We're branching out now, but we have tons of programs. We loan out equipment. We have tons of opportunities for people to get involved in the community because we know the power of sports. We know what it does for you physically, psychologically, what it does for your soul particularly for people with physical disabilities. And so it's really a medium to bring the community together. And it's been amazing to see the way people who maybe didn't ever think that they would play sports again, have a physical disability, didn't realize that they could be active, didn't realize there's blind soccer, wheelchair basketball, wheelchair racing. And then now they're, they're brought into the community and totally new hope uh, inspired in them. It's amazing. And, and 
you know, you know, my, my daughter started getting involved and I started getting involved and it's just an amazing organization. We'll put up a link so that I think always looking for volunteers, yeah, right? If anyone wants to come volunteer, um, come get in touch with the community. It's, it's a life-changing experience, honestly, just to be a volunteer. It's, and, and it's just, it's just really an amazing, amazing organization. I'm looking at this also. I'm looking at you, a well-spoken, young age, athlete, inspirational speaker the business side of this, right? I mean, regardless of yeah. you shedding light on everything, I'm thinking that this is really, I mean, you could be on a, you you could make an unbelievable living and spreading the word of what you, the message you want to spread because you're so popular, you're going to be, you're going to do the triple crown. I know <laughs> it. I would just think that there's, like, are are you sponsored? Do they is there sponsorship in the Paralympics? Like, I noticed you were wearing a Nike short, I'm, and you know the first thing I'm thinking is, oh, is he sponsored by Nike? Is he getting stuff for free? Yeah. The the leg is 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 there a company that 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 donates the leg or you're paired with? So explain the business behind this yeah, all. Yeah, for sure. So you're right that there are tons of sponsorship opportunities for most Olympic athletes. But for the Paralympians, it there hasn't been a lot. And a lot of Paralympians have struggled to make a living. And so for me, it's a combination of how can I build the brand as much as possible, shed light on the Paralympic movement, and then monetize off of this stuff because there's a lot of guys that go compete at the games and then come back and work at Walmart and yeah, work like nine to five jobs because they're, they're not monetizing properly. So for me, that's a big part of it. A big part of it is how can, how can I monetize? How can I build the brand and all that business stuff? So I have... I have right now, I'm sponsored by the company that makes my blades, Autobach. I'm sponsored by Toyota. I'm sponsored by Sanofi, which is a pharmaceutical company in France. And then I'm sponsored by Salesforce. So we are, my agents and my team is working very hard to get as many sponsors as possible. Um, not sponsored by Nike or any apparel sponsors, but they sponsor the US team. So every time you compete, you're wearing those logos. Gotcha. Um, and so for me, at least, I, that's the goal, right? Is how can I build a brand? How can I... How can I use the this platform of the Paralympics and then of the storytelling, and and try to make a good living off of it? Because that's what I that's the goal. That's what I really want to do. It doesn't hurt that you just walked a runway in Milan, by the way. You're a fashion icon. Maybe not icon <laughs> yet. Maybe not icon. Yeah, yet. I mean, I want you haven't sent me the modeling pictures yet. So uh, do we have, do we have the catwalk? Is it uh, up online? I, there's a photo on my Instagram. You could probably uh, find it. I, I want to see it. There, it's uh yeah. So I I did a uh, Milan runway. I, yeah, I did a, I did a runway show for for Boss in Milan a couple weeks ago. How does that happen? Is that something that comes through your agent or just does, does yeah? Someone th from they Boss? actually they reached out to. Uh, I did it in February in Miami for the first time. They reached out to us personally, and then the second time my agents negotiated it. But yeah, it's been, it was epic. And this is what's so cool about the fashion industry is it's so forward thinking. I mean, oh, that's, that's not even what, what I was referencing. Bro, is that you? That's me on the cover of Glass Man, which is a high fashion magazine that also came out recently. Bro, I'm, I don't, I don't, this is, this is. <laughs> This is unbelievable. That wasn't even what I was referencing. Hey, find, find the way. What's this the other unbelievable. one? It's, find the boss runway. It's a photo. It's, um, yeah, so that was really cool. They did, uh, it's a little bit further down, a little bit further down, right there on the bottom, and the right, one more. Yeah, that that's, that's that's from the the boss runway show. But yeah, so that, that cover was really cool, actually. It did a, a, they reached out to us, and I got the cover of, of, a, of a print magazine for Glass Man, which is a really, really reputable fashion magazine. And they go, 
I go, guys, what if we, what if I took my leg off and I held my leg in one of the photos? Yeah. And then I go, and then we're like, let's go down to the street. So we went down in the middle of New York City. I'm standing there holding my blade. That was my running blade in my hand. And the car, we're stopping the cars for the photo. And I'm standing there without the leg on holding the blade. And I was thinking, this is going to be so cool That's when this comes cool. out. Well, I saw one where you had a shaved head. When did you shave your head? Well, and when, when did I, when did I you saw, see it? I don't know, like a modeling picture where like, you're like, no hair. I you look uh, good. I, did my mom send you those? Maybe, maybe she might have. Those know. those are from maybe. last year. Oh. They're not even released They're yet. Not, yeah. oh. <laughs> those are good. I don't know if she was allowed to send me those. No, they are. Right, right, right. But yeah, right. I did have a shaved head in some of the photos a while ago. It's funny. The first thing I thought when I saw uh, the the photo that you were holding the leg, and the first thing that popped into my mind was. Does the photographer go, okay, take the leg off and put the leg in, in your hand? Or was that your move? That was me. That was, that was your me. Move. Because wow. once again, they weren't, they didn't know they didn't what to say. They didn't want to offend me. And I, I understand that. That's why I said it. I said, guys, what if I took the leg off? And they all the creative directors, I was, you can do that. You can do that. That's good. I was like, yeah, 100%. Let me hop into the middle of the street and hold the leg. Bro, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm seeing a lot. In your future, I mean, this guy. Talks, this, this guy talks I like he's thirty-five that. years. Old. I know it's, uh, it's be, you know, like we say, we have these people on, and everything they say, you just you take home with you, and it doesn't matter that he's eighteen years that old. Means, that means that means a lot coming from you guys. Always truly, felt that way really about does. Ezra. It's amazing. You don't have to talk about this, but I gotta bring it up. I gotta think, good-looking guy, eighteen, athlete. The chicks or <laughs> have to be running rampant. Yeah, I mean, look at this. I mean, I mean, it's it's. Is is there a lot of dating that goes on within the uh, mm. within the uh, world of the Paralympics, the Olympics? Are you meeting other athletes who are? Uh, do you, have you met the high jump champion from the Olympics? The guy who holds the world record? Not the how do you even say the the able body? The able body? Yeah, the Olympics. Just the Olympics. are you meeting a lot of like? Who is your heroes growing up? Yeah. And are you meeting these people as you are becoming more successful? Yeah, I definitely am. I, def I mean, my coach was a hero of mine growing up. I watched him in the games, and I was so motivated by him, and now he's my coach. He was a mentor, a hero of mine. Um, I, you know, Michael Phelps, a lot of the big Olympians, Michael Johnson, those are all heroes of mine who now, at a certain level, you meet and you have conversations with them. Which how is does this happen? Cool. Tell me how. Is this Michael Phelps? Do you meet him at the pool is it I haven't Instagram? met I, I, I haven't met him yet. We've exchanged. Uh, I mean, we've exchanged conversations through like a, a couple mutual friends of that nature. But I have yet to actually meet Michael Phelps. But Michael Johnson, I met at uh, at a an event called Gold Meets Golden actually this past year, and we had an amazing conversation. And he was he won um, the two hundred and the four hundred when the games are last in L.A. And, uh, gold he, shoes, right? Gold shoes. Gold shoes. Yeah. yeah. Gold so shoes. he's he's an amazing guy, but he was an, a hero of mine. I got to meet him. You know, wow. my coach was someone I used to watch on the television and think, oh my god, I want to do something like that. And then now we train together. It's, it's crazy. crazy stuff like that. Amazing. Full circle. But going back to your question about oh, that was from the first boss show. That was from the first one in, in February. We're seeing more modeling um, shots <laughs> than we are from the Olympics. <laughs> this right? is true. I don't know. We, we, <laughs> This is a whole different career we got going. But uh, but as you said, as far as the girls go, I listen. There are a lot of people in the Olympic and Paralympic space who get intertwined with one another. I have usually kept that quite separate. Um, you know, obviously, people say the village is quite crazy. There's a lot of stuff that yeah. goes on. Um, but I I tend to separate stuff like that. And then right now, I have I have a girlfriend. So not you know, I have a girlfriend of six Good months. Boy. See. 
not not worth uh, the highs and lows, the drama, all the stuff that goes on. I, I have a I have a girlfriend. Things are great, and then all that stuff is uh, I focus on the business side, work hard, and then that stuff separate. Where are you training right now? I'm training right now. I kind of floated around, but I'm training right now at a Beverly Hills High School um, this year. Sometimes I train at my high school. I weightlift there. Sort of floats around, but but you're senior. I graduated already. Oh, you, you so did. I graduated I graduated last year and then I'm taking a gap year in between high school and college to train through Paris, commit everything to the business side of things, to the training like I haven't been able to previously because I've been in high school and then I'll probably attend college the year after. You'll be able to train while you're in college for the next Olympics? My goal is to become the first above the knee amputee to ever be recruited to a Division One track school as a part of the able-bodied varsity track team so right now i'm attempting to beat out an able-bodied kid for a d1 spot on the track Jeez. team that's awesome where so, do you want to go um let's put it out there uh well i right we'll now, see. Aim, aim, aiming for aiming for a good academic sports school um hoping to stay in california we'll see but it's there's a lot of things close to being finalized so we'll see. oh good we'll see. all right we'll see I, I'm, I'm sitting here going to leave and need school I mean, with the modeling career. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen. Uh, the the plan is to go to college, assuming no major life changes. If if something happens and my career takes off, then there's obviously right, Nike sees daddy versus doctor, and they're like, uh, but bro, I, but going to college. What do you mean, if it takes off, it's just a matter of like no, when no, it's no, going to take off. One hundred percent, it's going to. You Thank need this. You. I don't was, even think we. When I, he was a kid. Listen, yeah. I'm, I went to college, right? Obviously, you could tell. <laughs> um, but I, I, at this point, I, th I think we just go for the modeling and the and the and the, the yeah, athlete, Olympics, right? yeah. Le LeBron didn't go to college, did he? <laughs> yeah, right. he didn't. This seems to be doing well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right. As a pediatrician, let me ask you: You've seen the kid since he was born till now, mm -hmm. right? Now, was there hints of this? growing as he's growing up did you see him going oh yeah this this kid's on his way or do you see him now going my god where, where did all this come from or yeah, I mean, what, what's actually looking back looking back he was always somebody who was on top of things he always came in it's interesting you said like with your chest out and your chin up high like there was no difference between him and any you never looked at him and you never looked at his arm or his leg or his disability because not only the way he held himself the way he spoke but also all the things he was doing in his life were the same if not more than everybody else so there was no there couldn't be an inkling of treating him differently or acting differently i really feel like he was somebody who had it from the beginning i think some kids just have it and i'm not just saying this because i've known you and you're here but really you and and you know i love your family and your brothers are the same way your brothers come in and 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 they're so confident and they're they're so great they're just good good people and a lot comes from from the parents yeah. being great people and their upbringing but just wonderful wonderful people yeah i think it's a testament to your parents if the whole family is uh, is walking around with their their chest up and got a lot of confidence so kudos to your mother and father do you work is there a a job that you have other than i mean is there do, do you have like a job mm -hmm. or is this the job this this pretty much is the job i mean i was in high school previously and balancing training which is a full-time job as well as everything else we were doing around the brand was quite difficult mm -hmm. and so then now that i have this this gap year 
it's full commitment to training, full commitment to, to the content creation, to, to the acting, the modeling, the speaking, everything in, in the entertainment industry. It's full commitment there. And so that's, I would say, what, what my job is. And things will get definitely crazy as we get closer to the Paralympics. I mean, if I was in college, I would not have a freshman year. I would be traveling all the time. I'd have a million things going on. I would miss tons of school. And that's the reason we took the gap year. But this is this is my job. This is what I do. I don't have anything else. It's a full commitment to, to this life right now. Okay. What's this training schedule look like? Training schedule right now isn't super crazy because it's a long year we have. And so we took about two months off after world championships and then now starting to get back into things. I had my first session on the track last night, actually. And it'll consist of it's it's back to back days of, of track and weight room and then track, weight room, track, weight room, all intertwined with lots of yoga, recovery, swim workouts um, lots of meditation and, and visualization. It's a holistic approach that we're taking. Lots of time in the sauna, lots of time spent doing recovery stuff, getting the body right, physical therapy. Uh, it's really a holistic view. We can't just be track, 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 track. I'll burn out, I'll injure myself. Mm. It's how can, as a whole, I be the most complete athlete I can. And that's that's the focus for the year. Do elite athletes go through what like regular people go through? Or like, I don't want to do it. I'm just not going to do it today. I'm too tired. Do you go through that or you? A hundred percent. hundred percent. And you know what helps me get through it? I'll show you is in Tokyo, I placed fifth. So I walked off the track about an inch away from the bronze medal and I was crushed and devastated to come so close to becoming a Paralympic medalist. And that night I set the screensaver on my phone as the guys that beat me in Tokyo. And so it says never again. You can see it right here. And I'll maybe show the camera right there. It's the photo of the medalists. It says never again. And I use that moment in Tokyo as motivation so that there are days I don't want to get up and there's days I don't want to train. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I open up my phone and the first thing I see are the guys that beat me, those rivals that you were talking about. And it reminds me of the why. It reminds me that I got to get my revenge, I got to get my redemption. And that motivates me on a daily basis to, to keep it going if there's times I don't feel it. Okay, you seem to be an extremely self-motivated individual. Do you get a lot of calls from other people with disabilities saying, hey man, I lost both of my legs, I'm really down in the dumps. You know, what, 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 could you, what advice could you give me? What, what generally do you tell people that are in your situation that might not have the confidence you have or the yeah. motivation? Is there something that you, you, you tell these people uh, to give them hope? Yeah, that's a great question. And it is, it is quite common for me to, whether it be through social media, maybe not a call per se, but through social media or through some form of communication, reaching out to new amputees. Sometimes we go to the hospitals after someone has had their leg amputated. And it's very isolating when especially you acquire a disability. You don't know what life has in store for you. You don't know if you'll ever reach the same level of confidence or activity or mobility or freedom that you had before the disability. And so the number one thing that I say is come out to an Angel City event come out to the community, meet people like yourself, meet the community that sees you and relates to you. Because really what we do at Angel City Sports goes way beyond the sport. It's about bringing people together and bringing the community together and showing people that you can still be active, you can still get moving. Because it is, there are really low points. I know mm -hmm. people who have amputation, they go into a dark depression, they get on the, on the couch, they're not moving, they're not doing anything. And being physically active coming out, trying sports, seeing what's possible, what your future could hold, meeting other Paralympians, people who 
have had that, have gone through similar experiences, I think is the number one way to get out of those dark, those dark moments. I'll tell you a quick story. There was a little boy, his name was Alpha, and him and his brother were riding bikes. And they're at a stop sign, and his brother was in front of him. Uh, his brother was, sorry, behind him. He was in front. And one car stops, another car stops, and an SUV plows him over. His brother's watching him get plowed over by an SUV. He's paralyzed. He's in the hospital. A couple weeks after surgery, we get the call. We have our big event that weekend. And so my dad on the phone with his mother goes, he should come out. He should come out, meet the community. So this kid, fresh out of the hospital, his family, stone cold, very little emotion after experiencing the trauma that they just went through, come out to the Angel City Games. Four-day event. He's really quiet. He's not t- First day, he's not talking to very many people. And we think, oh my gosh, did we bring him out too soon? Is there too soon? Should we have waited a little bit? So anyways, we take him from sport to sport. He jumps in a racing wheelchair and races for the first time. And he loses to another kid in a wheelchair, this little kid, Willie, who had been at our events previously. And Alpha starts crying. And we're freaking out. Oh my gosh, it was too soon. We're stressed. And his mother comes up to, his mother comes up to us and goes, that's the first time he's cried since his accident. The first time he's shown emotion since his accident. We cannot thank you enough. And so for the rest of the day, he went to swimming and he swam with a couple Paralympians. He went to wheelchair basketball and learned from the national team members who were back in the community teaching athletes how to play. It's from sport to sport to sport. You could see him open up. You could see his demeanor change. He developed a friend group of all these little guys in wheelchairs that are racing around the whole event. He's popping wheelies in his wheelchair by the end of the event. A great group of friends. His family's eyes are open. His brother has now meeting other kids with disabilities who his brother could hopefully go do things like later on in life. And it completely transformed his life. His confidence skyrocketed and he comes back to every single event because of that. And it was that moment right there introducing him to the community that completely changed his life. And it is moments like that where you can really see the power of community, of seeing people like you and of sport literally bringing people together and transforming this kid's life. It's so special. Yeah, I mean, I, I would figure going into isolation would be the thing that you would, oh, what am I going to do? But, like, to your point, as soon as you're around like-minded people, they're all doing the same thing, it's got to be inspirational going, man, I thought my life was over, but now I'm seeing a different side of stuff, and there's hope, you know? Yeah. To not feel alone. Yeah. To not That's feel why alone. what you're doing is amazing, because having role models out there is the most important thing, and it's, you're the exactly. best. Thank you. And, and and the flip side, do you get upset when you see able-bodied people? Is that and again, is that right? Yes, able-bodied, totally, totally, totally. Uh, complaining, and you're sitting there going, what "The fuck are you complaining about? I got I got my my toe on my 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 hand." Did you? No, because because there are people with much more severe disabilities than me. And so then it'd be, why am I complaining? Everybody's going through their own, their own stuff. So an able-bodied person complaining about something, it does not, doesn't bother me because I complain about things all the time. And then I think, oh my gosh, there's people who have no legs. There's people who have no legs, no arms. There's people who are, have much more severe disabilities than me. And it can provide perspective for me to recognize that maybe my challenges and obstacles that I'm complaining about are quite minuscule relative to some of the more severe disabilities. But 
I don't ever think, I don't ever feel annoyed when able-bodied people complain. Everyone, everyone's in their own head all the time. I would just think if it's like, let's say, if his father came on and said, ah, "Man, I had a rough day at work," and, and I, I don't know how you could lose an argument going, "You had a rough day." I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean just at least you had, a, you, at least you had a rough day on two legs. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's this is this is a thing. I on my social media and in general make so many jokes. This is me. I'm constantly bringing lighthearted energy to it and and back in school when someone would go oh my knee's hurting i bet at least you have a knee this was this is the way that i've found humor and joy and and a lighthearted energy to all this stuff so i my social media is littered with one leg jokes littered with me walking and kicking the leg off and people that's this is what i love to do to bring this positive energy to yeah. it and so i i make jokes all the time. And we need that. Rather than everybody being down everybody's well, throat because of what you say the... and what you do, again, if it's well-intentioned and we're having a conversation because this is going to open so many people's eyes to everything that's going on. Speaking of the leg, when do you take the leg off? Like, let's say you're on an airplane. Yeah. Do you go to, is it, is it more comfortable to take the leg off on a four hour airplane ride or to keep it on? I've always wondered like how, when it comes off, when it stays on, yeah. is it comfortable to have on right now as you yeah. sit yeah. What or is it comfortable to have it not on? That's a great question. For me, I'm quite comfortable with the prosthetic. So I very rarely take it off throughout the day. There are people who, when they're in long drives or uh, on planes, they like to take it off. And sometimes I will occasionally, but most of the time it's similar to your shoes in the sense that if we're sitting here and my shoes are perfectly comfortable, I don't need to take them off per se. But then every once in a while, if you've been on your feet for a while, it can be nice to take them off. So mm -hmm. same way with my leg. can be nice every once in a while. But yeah, I, I typically keep it on, but there are lots of amputees that, do the contrary and, and take it off, even for 20-minute car rides. Do you need a tool to take it off, or can you take it off with your hands? No, I can take it off with my hands. It's nice to have a bag of tools around me at all times because I the prosthetic can't break and bolts can become loose. And if I don't have them with me, I'm screwed. And then, <laughs> but I, I <laughs> so for trips, I tend to bring my tools, but uh, I can take it on and off quite quite easily. Do you travel? With an extra leg in the trunk. I typically travel with my blade, with my running leg. So technically an extra leg, but it's usually just because just just, I want to train when I'm traveling. Well, just in like, like, like here, right? Just in, let's say you were walking down the stairs and it yeah. broke. Do you have an extra leg that you could pop on? I don't. I, maybe I should, but I don't. Particularly because I'm kind of close to my house right now too. So if something were to happen, I could make, I could hop down the stairs to the car and then drive home and get something else. But I don't travel with an extra leg usually. I uh, just travel with the blade so that whenever I'm going, if I'm on the road, I can still train and gotcha. still work out. Gotcha. These are, quite, these are, yeah, these these are, are great questions. These are fantastic Yeah, these are exactly questions. as you said. I'm like, yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Because what we dealt with growing up, you know, you know, there's a lot of manipulation with the leg and the stump. He used to get a lot because he was so mm -hmm. active where where the prosthetic meets the stump you know that area gets worn away it would get raw he'd have ulcerations infections or infections. blisters yeah. so it was constant meeting with 
uh, the people who do the orthotics and the orthopedists and dermatologists and getting, because that could take him out of events if you, if they're yeah. rubbing, you know, totally, totally. Uh, I mean, it's, it's trapped in an enclosed area all day, sweating and running and pushing the boundaries. That stuff happened a lot. A lot, throughout yeah, a lot yeah. I want to talk about the hand. Yeah. Can, can you grab stuff with that hand? Is there an advantage at all to having the toe on your hand opposed to this thumb? Like, do you is having it, a t the toe opposed to an actual thumb? Well, can you could you could you move this? Like, yeah, a little bit. I can move it a little bit. Oh, okay, I can gotcha. move it. I can move it enough to clasp like that. Doesn't have the same dexterity that a normal finger does. Gotcha. But I can move it like this, and then obviously when I'm holding things or picking things up, I'm having a squeeze, and I can maneuver it and hold it like that and and what finger is this this is this is i don't know probably some sort of people think maybe it's like a, a combination of two fingers that got joint together oh, okay. in the womb i don't i don't know entirely um but but yeah completely completely different but luckily i'm able to pick things up and hold things or else the hand functionality on the left side would be very minimal and, and you are a righty I was born a lefty actually you were, you were born oh, a lefty, lefty yeah. yeah. I was. My parents remember back in the day. I would, I would be eating my. I would try to eat my snacks and eat the baby food all with my left hand. And I same was, with your your leg. Uh, I don't know so much about the leg, just because at that point I wasn't walking, okay. so it was yeah. hard to tell. But at least hands go. I had. I started with my left hand, wow. and over time, obviously, became a righty because there's just more function. But that's funny. Good question. <laughs> Yeah. That's good. I like it. See, we we got it. We got to ask these questions. We got to talk 100%. about this. We got to talk about this. And there's another thing I'm looking at. So I'm wondering how training and lifting and weightlifting works with you. I'm looking at your shoulders, and they're symmetrical. But I would think just because this hand is not like that hand, that this side would be weaker than that side. How do you maintain? Fantastic question. Fantastic question. I have a device called an active hand that essentially I strap it on and then I essentially whatever weight or whatever I'm doing, I just strap it. It's a, it's a, it's a little device that you can strap weights onto oh, your hand. Okay. So I can use, I can put it on any pull-up bar, any dumbbell, any barbell, whatever it is. And that's really tough though. It's really tough to keep them even what we do actually, because historically my right side has been much stronger. And in recent months we've been working where I now lift every exercise five more pounds on the left side intentionally oh, wow. to begin to get closer to evening it out. And so if I'm doing bench press with dumbbells and I'm doing 60 on the right side, I'm doing 65 on the left every single time mm. to make sure that this is even and as symmetrical as possible. And in doing the weights, do you have, is there any pain on this side at all? Or is it a function like a... No, a functions functions completely normal. It's a little bit shorter. So my left arm is a little bit shorter than my right arm. Wrist to wrist, not too much of a difference. But obviously, your fingers go out way further from wrist than my, than my left side does. Um, so there is a slight, slight length difference, but it's not too bad. And, uh, and yeah, no pain functions completely normal. I mean, I played basketball, club basketball growing up and would shoot left-handed floaters. Wow. And people, how are you shooting? I don't know. I just, I just figure it out. Whatever he's doing is what we should be doing because <laughs> I don't have muscles or symmetry. Do you do, do you do squatting? Um, yeah. How do you, how do you work the, the, the legs? 
the great question as well. So for squatting, interestingly enough, it's quite difficult to squat with the prosthetic on because it's a hinge knee. And the way it works is if I load my left leg, my prosthetic, when the knee is bent, it'll give out because there's no lower leg to support. So it'll just give out. So squatting is very tough. What we've developed is we put a plyo box down. I put my stump directly on the box. It's the perfect height of my hip so that my hips are even. My stump is directly on the box like this. And then I squat that way. There's no indentation in the box? There is there is a there is there's a little bit, but yeah. it's enough that is uh it the hips stay relatively mm. the same height. Not enough to where I would be dipping too much. The hips stay pretty even. Put the stump on the box load the weight on, and then go from there. And are all these known exercises or you have adapted for yourself? No, a, lot, a lot of them we've adapted. We've had to just figure it out. That's amazing. And um, gotten advice from people who have obviously done it previously. But it's really difficult because I got to work the stump. I have to work the left I mean, side. Another business. You should patent these devices. Yeah. Well, I mean, these yeah. are the things you should be doing. Yeah. Luckily, luckily the the hand strap is, is, is commercially Something available, like so anyone can get that. It's usually used for people who maybe don't have hand function mm -hmm. or quads who still want to be able to push weight or don't have uh, maybe a full set of fingers to clasp and grasp at the weights. How do you work the hamstring on the stump? On the stump, great question. For the stump, at least, the glute and hamstring are quite similar in the sense that if I'm activating the glute, all I have to do is rotate the stump internally or externally couple degrees to target certain muscles on the hamstring so just by trial and error we figured out that in working the glute if we rotate the stump internally or externally slightly we can then target more of the outer glute the inner glute parts of the hamstring little things like that when you break the prosthetic mm. do you feel it in your leg does, is it is there a connection between the leg and the break? Not that you feel it break, but do you feel any pain in the leg? I don't necessarily feel pain unless it's a really bad break and something I fall into something. But oftentimes it's the blades that snap. And I definitely feel it because I'm running full speed and I'll go to take a long jump and I'll boom, slam it down. And then you'll hear what sounds like a gunshot. Wow. And then the blade will snap in half and I'll fall into the sand pit or times where I've snapped the knees in half, just put so much force into it, it snaps in half and I fall. So I definitely feel it, but not necessarily pain. Gotcha. Yeah, man. It's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So we're going to get you out there. Yeah. I want to come, I want to come to one of these events. I'd like yeah. to see, you know, also I got, I got kids too, six and four, not as old as Dr. Scott, but you know, for me, I, I would love for them to see what's going on you know yeah. introduce them to you know look at look at what's happening here i think it'd be cool for kids to see um, it's great education yeah where else can you find this type of education regarding physical disabilities than coming to an event and seeing the whole community right in front of you and most of the people at these events are happy to share mm -hmm. and open and willing like we talked about so if they have questions they get them answered mm -hmm. and it's it's a very beautiful introduction into disability for for children. And to see that perspective, I mean, Aubrey said because we I told you we went to the blind to do blind soccer. We did that on a Saturday morning, and then Sunday morning she had her club soccer game. And it's like, wait, I just spent an hour and a half yesterday morning 
seeing what it's like to play blind soccer. Now I'm playing regular soccer. Oh my God. This yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, it right. Would be, this it is would be just like to, to compare the two would be like real soccer is like it's easy after you play blind soccer, it's right? Great perspective. Yeah, no, it's like, geez, huge walk, perspective. Running around for an hour, not being able, able to see, yeah. and now I can be able to see. It, it's got to be a mental. Well, and it's funny because they were asking her questions. They were saying like, "How do you dribble a ball?" And she was showing how she dribbles. And they go, "Yeah, but you can't do it yeah. because when you normally dribble a ball, you're dribbling sort of the balls in front of you because you can see the ball." But in blind soccer, you can't. So you actually sort of keep it between your feet and you go sort of back and forth. So it's a, it's a different Completely process, different. but it was really interesting to see and to see that perspective. And then they're dribbling as fast, if not faster, than anybody else. It's it's unbelievable. That's right? so cool. Uh, That's so cool. Yeah. I'm just thinking, and, and we'll maybe leave on this. If you're playing blind soccer your whole life, blind, right? Let's mm -hmm. say you're blind from birth, right? You play blind soccer your whole life, all of a sudden you could see at 15. I would have to think you would be the best soccer player. <laughs> Potentially. Know, right? Potentially. You'd be doing things that that the, the people that be able to see yeah. have never been doing, <laughs> dribbling between your, your feet yeah. like that. Um, people say that about me. They say, they say God had to nerf you, man, because if you had two legs, if you grew that second yeah, leg back, talking to the next you would be, Johnson. you would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'll just be the Michael Johnson of the Paralympics. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, it's amazing. Do you have any other questions? Because I, 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 this was very enlightening for me. I'm, I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to come here and share your story with us and and share it with our with our fans. I, I think they're going to be really inspired by the by this. And uh, I want to I want to put that Angel City, Angel City Sports, Angel yeah. City Sports, AngelCitySports.org. If you want to volunteer, if you have a physical disability and you want to come out, I think that's great. Great, and for the to the up and coming triple crown winner in the yeah. LA Paralympics, <laughs> no question about it. And on top of that, I'm looking at a I'm looking at a GQ cover. You have a new agent. <laughs> He's gonna sign you. Uh, <laughs> All right, thanks, yes, thanks, buddy. Thanks, really uh, appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. The opinions expressed in this program are not intended as professional medical advice, as a diagnosis, as a treatment protocol, or as a substitute for professional medical advice from your physician. Please consider your own medical history and consult with your own physician for your specific health care and or medical needs and about your concerns for yourself and your family.